0: in this story says all that I have is yours you have always been with me all that I have and we'll look at that in just a second now we know I've taught this before that first Corinthians let me look make sure I'm quoting the right verse I'm sorry second Corinthians one ten one twenty says for as many as the promises of God they are a yes and an amen in Christ Jesus so, in other words, if there's a promise in the Word, and there's a lot of them, if there's a promise in here, through Christ Jesus, we have access to those promises. And actually, it would be more like this. Because of Christ Jesus, the promises that are in here, and conservatively, it's 3,000 promises, and... and, and the next estimate would be on the high side would be 7,000 promises, irregardless, that's a that's a lot of promises, but with all those promises that are in here, they are a yes and amen through Jesus, which means because the price that he paid, we receive an inheritance, and so our inheritance are the promises of God, and so The Lord, he's saying this, that you've always been with me. You've always lived with me. You've always walked with me. Everything that I have is yours. I said this Friday, and I don't mean this to be mean, but but I, I do believe this to be true. That every week there are people sitting in the pews or the chairs or seats, whatever, that they do not realize what is available to them. Now, and I also want to say this. Like, God's not some genie in a bottle. <laughs> you know, you're not going <laughs> to manipulate him in the movie. You're not going to do any of that. But if it's in here, it's true. And if it's in here, it's for you. Okay? And, and start to pray with a boldness that this is for me. Right? And, and, and just like this who the sun sets free is free indeed. So that's a declarative statement which I would argue is a promise, okay? So if it's a declarative statement from the Lord and which I would which I believe is a promise, if who the sun sets free is free indeed, then Jesus, I am struggling with this issue. I'm struggling with anger and you said that you came to set the captives free. And so I believe that you are setting me free right now as I proclaim this and as I say this out loud. And so I'm no longer gonna be bound by anger. I'm no longer gonna be bound by this because you promised that who you set free is free indeed. And I'm not gonna keep running back to the same cistern and drinking from it. I'm actually gonna drink from the living waters so that I'm not bound by that thing anymore. You understand what I'm saying? So if it's in here, start to believe that it's for you now I'm not talking about riches and this and that although I do believe God blesses his children as we steward what he has given us that's why it's important to give and it's not because we give to get but God trusts people when we give all right so anyway it is a promise of the Lord so if he says it let's believe it he says all that I have is yours (laughs) he's not holding anything back all actually means all. <laughs> I love looking at all. all means all. It means the wholeness. It means completeness. In other words, he's saying all that I have is yours. He's saying the whole gamma of everything I'm given to you, which means that the same promises that you have, I have. The same promises you have, I have. And vice versa. He's not. He's not saying well. Michael was really good this week, so I'm going to give him an extra promise. And Judy, you were kind of a knucklehead this week, so I'm going to hold a couple back from you. I'm just kidding. I should have said Bob, but uh, (laughs) I'm just teasing. You understand what I'm saying? He he does not hold himself back. (laughs) I messed that up, right? (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) You understand? He doesn't hold back. He says, all that I have is yours. Now, sometimes we have to wait, and waiting stinks, but you know what? April makes me wait to open Christmas presents till Christmas Day. And so we don't, <laughs> but eventually it happens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we grew up opening them up on Christmas Eve. She makes me do it on Christmas Day. It's, it's torture. But anyway, understand, he does, not, he does not withhold himself from us. He doesn't. One of my favorite psalms, I think April knows which one, it's called Pieces. It says, you don't give your heart in pieces, and you don't hide yourself to tease us. He, he, He isn't mean and arrogant in that way. He gives himself. And so if he gives himself, that means that we have an inheritance. And if we have an inheritance, we need to grab onto it. And by the way, an inheritance isn't something you take. An inheritance is something that you receive. It's something you receive. Well, how do you receive? <laughs> thank you. Right. Like, and we struggle receiving. It's like, like and especially in the church, because we have this weird thing with humility. Like, you should be humble, right? Jesus says, the meek will inherit the earth, right? So, which is another message we'll probably talk about in the next few weeks. But you receive an inheritance by saying, okay, thank you. When you get a compliment from someone, first of all, I used to say this, you've heard me joke, I think before, probably about this, but used to, it used to be really hard when someone would say, that was a good sermon. And, and I'd be like, oh, it was all God. And then I got really convicted and thought, well, if it was all God, it probably would have been a lot better because everyone would have been, everyone's faces would have been melted and they'd just be like, oh God, but you understand. And so I used to say, it's all God. And then I just started to say, thank you. And I'd go, I'd get along with the Lord when I got home, and I'd say, Lord, I know that they said thank you, and they're not honoring me. They're actually honoring what you did through me, and so I'm giving that back to you. And so we need to learn to receive compliments, And, and, and because it blesses the one that gives. And so we receive inheritance simply by saying thank you. Thank you. You don't have to do anything. It's like... Has anyone ever given you a gift and you felt obligated to go buy a better gift for them like immediately? Like, I just want to bless you back, right? You don't have to do that with the Lord. He just wants your life and then he gives you himself. So one of the things that the Lord gives us um, as an inheritance is this. Buddy, do you mind getting the water out of the fridge? One of the things he gives us as an inheritance is hope. Hope. It's like, what makes us different from someone that's not a Christian? I mean, truthfully, like, like my next-door neighbors, they're not followers of Jesus. I know this. What makes them different than me? Thank you, son. I have hope. It doesn't matter. I have the same problems that they have. We have different lives, but we have the same. I'm sure we have the same problems. I'm sure we each have families that... Sometimes things are going amok, right? I'm sure that sometimes you have bills come in that you did not plan for. I'm sure that sometimes work gets stressful for for them as much as it does for me or my family. So we have the same problems. The difference is that we have hope. And if there is anything that the world needed... It would be just an impartation of hope, right? It'd be just a you need hope. I mean, that's what the world absolutely needs. So look at this with me. Isaiah 42. She's so stinking cute. And she knows it too. She does, she knows it too. says, "Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I put my spirit upon him. Isaiah is prophesying about Jesus. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry out or raise his voice. Nor make his voice heard in, a street, in the street. A bruised reed he will not break. And a dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. And he will not, right here verse 4. He will not be disheartened or crushed. Until he has established justice on the earth. By the way, what, what, I believe justice is... What's justice? On earth as it is in heaven. Amen. There's social justice movements in the world right now to make reconciliation. And justice is important. But without Jesus, I'm, I'm sorry, it doesn't make a hill of beans in my opinion. On earth as it is in heaven is the most biblical way of justice. So anyway... Until he has established justice on the earth and right here in the coastlands will wait expectantly for his law. Expectantly, the NIV, I think, translates that word as hopes for his law. It means to wait. It means to linger. It means to put your hope in. And so he is saying, Isaiah is prophesying about Jesus and says that the people will wait. They will linger. They will hope in his law, which means the word of God. It means they will hope in Jesus. This, by the way, the word law, as it the hope in the law it means the teaching instruction. It also means the prescription for what needs to be done. What's the prescription for what needs to be done? The prescription for what needs to be done is the hope that is found in Jesus. What's the prescription for all of life's problems? Hope in Jesus, right? What is the prescription for my mess? Hope in Jesus. What is the prescription for my sickness? Hope in Jesus. What is the prescription for my family that I will never meet because they will come well after I'm long gone? It'll be the same prescription that I have, and it'll be hope in Jesus, all right? Hope is what sets us apart. Look at Hebrews eleven one. Hebrews eleven one. Now faith... <laughs> By the way, scholars, Hebrews 11, one, yeah, scholars argue about these first two words in here. And and I'm not sure which way it goes, but it it could read like this. Now faith, as in, like, listen now, faith, or now faith, like faith right now. They don't know which way it actually reads. I kind of like it as right now faith, okay, but now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction Of things not seen, assurance, substance, nature, trust, confidence, being certain of things hoped for. What's what's hope actually mean? Hope actually means an attitude of looking forward to something. You ever look forward to? You ever look towards something with expectation or anticipation? That's really what hope actually means. It it actually means a trusting. It means a confident hope. It's like I have this assurance. I have this confident hope. This conviction, this, this it doesn't matter what you say to me, you're not going to talk me out of it, is what he's saying right here. I'm going to have this conviction of something. You can't talk me out of it, this hope that comes. It's what sets us apart. Romans 15, 13 says this. Now may God, now may the God of hope. He's the God of hope. He's the God of expectation. Right? He's not the God of depression. He's not the God of anxiety. He's the God that actually gives us something to look forward to. It's like, well, I don't have much to get out of bed for today. Yes, you do. It's hope in Jesus. All right. Now, may the God of hope fill you. Fill you with what? Joy and peace in believing. So that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Our inheritance is to abound in hope. How do I abound in hope? Be filled with peace and joy. How do I get filled with peace and joy? Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, the word abound means more than enough. It means to have an abundance. It means to cause to have more. It means to be excessive. Like sometimes, I used to get annoyed when I was really around optimistic, hopeful people. I was wrong. (laughs) This actually means that we should be filled with so much hope that it's almost obnoxious. That's right. Amen. Come on. Like a pessimist is going to, one of two things is going to happen when you get around me if you're a pessimist. I, I say this, this is something the Lord's convicted me on, is that if a pessimist gets around me, they're one, going to get filled with hope, or they're going to get extremely annoyed because I'm going to be obnoxiously filled with hope. No, life's awful. No, it's not. Well, this stinks. No, it doesn't. You understand what I'm saying? We actually have hope. (laughs) Well, this is just the worst day ever. Really? No, I don't think that it really is, right? (laughs) I'm sorry you stubbed your big toe. I'm sorry someone cut you off at work or on your way to work in the car. I'm sorry you overslept today, but it's probably not the worst day in the history of the world. It's probably not even the worst day of your life. There's actually hope that's found in Jesus. And so you understand it's it's obnoxiousness. (laughs) I just absolutely love this. This means this, the word abound in hope means that if we were a Cup of coffee, it means that you would lean over and you would take a sip of it because it was so stinking full that if you picked it up, you were gonna spill it, if that makes sense. It, it's, it's, it's like when you go to like Starbucks or Heine Brothers, they say, Do you want room for cream? And I, most I don't drink cream in my coffee, but I say no. But leave a little bit of room so that when I get in my car, it doesn't spill out all over the place, right? It means overflowing to the brim. And, and we should be so filled with hope that we're actually contagious and spilling out onto people. That's why we have, boom, drip Jesus on the wall right there. It's not because it's a neat coffee house thing. I believe it's actually a lifestyle that we can live that we're so filled with hope that it's like, oh, you bump into me. You're going to get a little bit of Jesus on you. Oh, you have a conversation with one of our church people. Guess what? You're going to get some Jesus on you. You're, you're going to get on the phone call with me. Guess what? You're going to get a little bit of Jesus on you because I've been Obnoxiously filled with hope. So, if someone tells you you're obnoxious, say, "Praise God." <laughs> oh, and hope won't let us down. Hope won't let you down. Look at Romans five. Oh, therefore. Having been justified, by the way, he just won the Triple Crown on the Kentucky Derby. Not the Kentucky Derby, but I don't know anything about horses, but I just thought that was neat. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that crazy? The God of the universe, the one that you really can't even be in the presence of or look face to face because it would literally kill you. says you can have peace with him. Through Jesus Christ, through whom also we've obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. How do I stand? I stand by faith in grace. And we exalt in the hope of the glory of God. And not only this, this is crazy. So, so Paul's writing we exalt in the hope of the glory of God. So when things are going really good, we're like, praise God, I have hope, and things are awesome, and things are wonderful, right? Like, that's really easy to do, right? It's easy to celebrate when we have a lot of people. It's easy to celebrate when we're seeing people get saved, healed, delivered, sanctified, set free, baptized. It's really easy to do that. But what whenever what happens when everyone gets mad? <laughs> what happens when the bottom falls out? Because Paul writes right here, and we exalt in our tribulations. Wait, what? Knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint. Hope means, or disappoint means hope does not put us to shame. It's not going to let us down. And we're not going to be humiliated. Because of the love, the agape of God. Means the, Lord, the Lord's made his mind up to love. That's what agape is. He's, he's just said, I'm going to love them, and you can't talk me out of it. It's like how you are with your kids. You're not going to be talked out of loving your kids. You may be mad as fire at them. right? Or They may get under your skin, and you may just need to go be by yourself. But you're not going to stop loving them. It's, it's poof. I've made my mind up. That's what a marriage covenant is too, by the way. It's a covenant before you and God saying, I've made my mind up and nothing, come hell or high water, I'm not going to change the way I feel about this person I stand here with. I may get mad. They may get mad at me, which is probably more likely, but they may get mad at me, but I'm not going to change the way I think or feel. That's what agape is. Because the love of God that has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who, has, who he has given us. Poured is an amazing word. Hope does not disappoint because of the love of God that he's not going to change his mind about us. That has been poured, which means to be fully experienced. I'm going to fully experience the love of God. It, it poured means to flow out. It could mean that not only is he pouring, but I'm plunging into as well. Okay, it's like standing before a water spigot, right? I'm pouring out the water, and the kids are running through it to have a good time. That's what it means. And it also means to devote oneself to. And this last definition for it, when it says this love of God that has been poured, it could read as shed blood. So not only did he pour his love out, but he actually shed his blood for us why Well, Jesus for talking about hope Jesus shed his blood I think Jesus shed his blood so that you would have the confidence to know that the Lord's not going to let you down look I'll probably let you down before this is all said and done with I probably have over the last two years being out here People in this room will let you. They'll, people's going to let you down. But because of the blood of Jesus, the Lord will not let you down. He won't. And he's saying that we can have this hope that won't disappoint because he poured his love out by shedding his blood. John 3:16. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall have, what, everlasting life. Like, if that doesn't make you want to run through a wall, I don't know what will. Like, I think we've heard that so many times that we've become desensitized to it. But that's pretty amazing. And I know that's hard, because sometimes life is hard. But it's still okay because of this inheritance. Hope is really, if you wanna get down to it, hope is really the belief that tomorrow is gonna to be better than today. Amen. <laughs> hope is the belief that it's gonna get better and hope is the belief that it's gonna work out. Even if I don't understand the way it's gonna work out, hope is the belief that it's gonna work out, right? <laughs> and, and hope is really also the belief that the best is actually yet to come. Like, I really enjoy what the Lord's doing right now, but I can't wait to see what this thing looks like 12 months from now as well, right? Why? And it's not saying this isn't great. It's just saying that I believe it's going to keep getting better, right? It's why we believe from glory to glory, It's right? And you've heard me say that when he says glory to glory, it's not glory to glory. To glory, And we stop. It actually means from glory to 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 glory. That's why I think in Ezekiel it talks about a will within a will. But anyway, that's getting real weird there. But anyway, it just means that it's going to keep increasing and increasing and increasing and increasing. And so faith or hope, hope is the belief that. I'm thankful for this right now because I'm thankful for this right now. This is just a foretaste of what's to come. Now, what happens is, is in the church that sometimes we think, well, yeah, it's gonna get really good in the future because we get to go to heaven. And yeah, that's gonna be amazing. But he says to pray on earth as it is in heaven, which means that I can have faith or I can have hope that things are gonna be pretty awesome here because he lives inside of me. And and yeah, I don't know what it's gonna be like there, but I all don't really know the full ramifications, what it's going to be like here, but I'm not waiting to be rescued from the planet. I actually believe that I have Christ in me, the hope of glory that's going to rescue the planet. Escapism theology is a joke. Anyway, the best is yet to come. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God created beforehand or which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. We are his workmanship. I, think, I don't know if it's NIV or NLT. It's one of them. Ma- <laughs> workmanship means Masterpiece from a master artisan. It means beautiful poem. So the Lord literally made each and every one of us a beautiful poem created by a master poet. For what? To do good works. What are good works? Manifesting the kingdom, being hopeful in the midst of a hopeless situation. right. Right? which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Prepared is a really neat word. So a Middle Eastern custom was a king, if a king would travel in a caravan, a king did travel in a caravan. So it's like if we had a king here today and if they were going to District Assembly in Bowling Green today, we would have already sent someone to Bowling Green probably earlier this week. Why? They would check the road. They would make sure it was leveled out. They would remove any barriers, any hindrances on the road. That way when the king came through, that it would just be smooth sailing on the trip. This says that God goes and prepares the way for us. What does that mean? That means that the Lord actually goes before where I'm going in life. And he goes ahead, we sing that, this is how I fight my battles. He goes ahead and he fights the battles before we even get there. Which is mind-boggling, because you're like, sometimes life's really hard. Well, think how hard it'd be if he hadn't went before. That's right. That's right. And so he goes before and he clears the path, he levels the ground, he, he, he lowers the high places, and he raises up the low places. He puts bridges where bridges need to be made. He makes connections where connections need to be made. So that we can walk on that path. And that gives me an incredible amount of hope. It's like, how, how, how can you be optimistic? Optimism is probably the world's word for it. How can you be optimistic? Well, the Lord's gone before me. How can you be optimistic in this situation? Well, I may not feel it in my bones right now, but I know all things work together for the good of those who are loved and called by his name and according to his purposes. So he loves me, and I'm called by his name, so he's going to work this out. I may not feel it, but I believe it, (laughs) right? How are you optimistic when this happens? Well, because he's gone before because he shed his blood for me. This, truthfully, sincerely, this is the biggest difference between us and the world. It's not, yes, we come to church, yes, we go to equipping our classes, which is next Sunday at 9 a.m. Pastor Milton starts his disciple by Jesus. But we go to these things. Yes, we have groups. Yes, we love one another. But, I'm telling, there's not much difference between me and whoever, Sister Sue, three doors down. I don't know. There's not much difference between you and the person you bump into at Walmart. There's really not. They may come from a different socioeconomic background, but when you get down to it, they probably have more problems on a runover dog as well, just like you. But the difference is, is that you have hope. That's it, that anchor. I wish I'd have thought of that. (laughs) You have this hope. And that's what we need. So I would like to do something. We actually, we did this with the staff that that when we said when you come, you're not allowed to be pessimistic in front of anyone. (laughs) Or I would correct you. (laughs) That's what we said. Just not allowed to be pessimistic. Now I was, and, and now this goes for me too. She got me a few weeks ago. I was outside and I was grumbling about some stuff, and she looked at me and she minus, She didn't say shut up, but she said quit, <laughs> quit, because it was like ah oh, went wrong just in the matter of a few minutes, and I was agitated. She said, quit. It's going to be all right. So, I would like to propose that it's illegal for us to be pessimistic Amen. in this church because <laughs> we have a hope that won't disappoint. Right. Amen. Right. Amen. Amen. Praise God.